0: Hey, what's up losers? Gabe DeArmond here, Gerard Hamilton going to join us in just a second on uh, Power Mizzou Live for Wednesday, September 14th, maybe somewhere around there. I don't know. It's Wednesday. We're live. We're talking Missouri football. We're going to get to it shortly. Uh, Invite you guys to any comments you have, questions you have. Look, I know there are comments like I have read nothing but comments for three days, so I know there are comments, but uh, feel free to put them in the comments section. We will certainly get to them and uh, address your comments, questions, thoughts, feelings, whatever, um, in the second half of the show after we kind of air all of our grievances about this week in Missouri football. Before we get to that, uh, somebody you will have few grievances with. I've talked with him. He's a good guy, James Carlton at James Carlton State Farm in st louis missouri he wants to take care of all your insurance needs if you give him a call his information is going to run across the bottom of the screen for the vast majority of the show 314-961-4800 the phone number carltoninsurance.net the website address if you get in touch with him You mentioned that you heard about him on Power Mizzou. He's going to donate $20 to Advancing Missouri Athletes, Mizzou's NIL Collective. And he's also hopefully going to save you a little bit of money on your insurance, uh, the one guarantee. You will talk to a human being. It won't be a, an automated system. You have to hit 25 buttons to talk to someone. James or one of his team is going to answer the phone, and they're going to take care of you. So if your insurance costs a leg and an arm, get in touch with James Carlton State Farm. So, um, Gerard, we're just here to uh, talk to all the losers, man. Tell them what's going on with Mizzou football, right?
1: Yeah, <laughs> yeah that, was, that was a pretty epic quote when he said it Like instantly. I was just like...
0: It, it, oh, wow. the, the, like, what, what went through my head is what goes through my head every time I hear a coach say something that, that lost a game or that's losing some games. It's like, I know what he's saying, and he's not wrong, but it's not going to go over really well with, with the fan base.
1: Yeah, any Even if he said that after they, they won, if he said that after they barely lost or in a blowout, there would have just been no time. Everybody, there would just be an angle for people to be like, why is he doing that? So yeah, I, I'm same place you are with you.
0: it. Well, and the, the other one that has gotten a lot of feedback, I, I tweeted out during the the press conference. He said, uh, "You know, I don't have any issues with what we're doing on offense schematically." Which means he's like he likes his system, he believes in his offense, and so everybody is jumping on that and saying, "How can you have no issues with the offense that just did what it did with can- at Kansas State?" Which just like goes to prove. Again, you lose a game, or if you're struggling, whatever you say is is gonna be wrong. I mean, I there's nothing he could have said coming out of that game that everybody's gonna go, oh yeah, I, I get it. That makes sense.
1: No, losing uh as we said, 40 to 6. We know it's 40 to 12, but right. 40 to 6. I mean, there was nothing you like you said, there's nothing good or bad that he could have said. He could have tried to did an inspirational speech right there after the game. People would have been like, this is bull crap. He could have just, he could have pooped on everybody and everybody would have been like, what are you doing? Like, it doesn't really matter.
0: Right, right. Yeah, I mean, it was, the game happened and there's nothing to, uh, nothing to take it away. It is sunny here in Columbia. So the sun, the sun still rises. They're still playing a game this weekend. Um, We're not going to talk about that game really at all. Uh, I mean, look, here's, here's, I want you guys to know, how dedicated Gerard is to doing a good job. You have watched highlights of Abilene Christian football. That is, uh, that's something, I man. I did. I mean, usually, I, first off,
1: let me start off when I when I do my previews or or the notebooks, I don't think I'm an expert at X's and O's. I just take what I've learned from podcasts or what I watch and see, and I'll try to tell you what I know. So I, I did watch some highlights for uh, ACU versus Lamar in their season opener. And then watched some highlights versus the View prairie view AM last week. So I guess later in the show I can tell you what I've learned from those guys. But yeah, dedication, Gabe. I'm out here.
0: They uh here's what I know about Abilene Christian. Their uh their mascot is the Wildcats, they wear purple. Um, so a little PTSD from last week. Also, their quarterback is named Maverick, which I, I respect, I like that. That that's it, that's all that's I know. Good, yeah, that that that's my knowledge. So um we will uh we'll break them down later. I mean we won't, but you know, uh we'll we'll say we will. Uh, and no, but in all seriousness, this is the weirdest week of the season because we were talking before we started and before we hit the the live button. I mean, I what could we see this weekend that you would go? Oh yeah, that's a good sign. I, I mean really the only things you can see are things that you're going to go, oh, that's that's not very good. But but we were talking, I mean, this is the week you come out and just whatever you can do to make Brady Cook in that passing game look good, whatever you can do to get Luther Burden 15 touches, I think you do it all. Yeah, you do all of it. And, it's a, and a perfect analogy I was thinking to
1: myself is, this game is the equivalent to when you're in school and – or when you are you know, a kid in school and you get a good grade on a test or something like that, and you expect a reward, I'm not. Re- your parents are not going to reward you for doing what you're supposed to do. Now, if you fail, then there's a problem. So if they win by 50 points, I mean. That's what's supposed to happen. They lose or it's too close. Then we have a problem. So like what you said, they should try to make Brady cook look like the second coming of Tom Brady, how they were when they announced him as quarterback, the number 12 right. thing, let Brady cook, all that stuff. That's what that should happen and give Luther all the touches he wants.
0: This weekend. Well, and, and if this is a test, it's like the times table test, but the hardest one on there is like four by four. Right, I like you don't have to mess six. with what's that? I thought it was six by six, <laughs> but I mean, you don't have to mess with like that 12 by nine or something like that. That mm. That's a little too tough for this week. This week, yeah. you know, six times six, yeah, that's that's about the toughest question you're gonna face. So, um, I look, I, I think the, the best thing to do is, is people have questions, people have, have thoughts, all that. So, let's jump into that and we'll, we'll get back to, to some stuff later. But, uh, Jake says, biggest position of concern is it quarterback or offensive line i mean i i don't know what do you think about that
1: um quarterback or offensive line i say it's offensive line because i mean they can't do anything the running backs can't do nothing the quarterback can't do nothing the receivers can't get their touches like it starts with them and everybody forgets about the offensive line until it's a problem And now that we all are recognizing the offensive line, that's how you know it's a problem.
0: Yeah, I mean, I agree in the sense that if the offensive line's a problem, everything else is also a problem and it doesn't matter what you have. But with this team specifically, I think offensive line is a problem. I think quarterback's a problem. I think tight end's a problem. And honestly, I'm not sure running back's not a problem. You know, I I mean, it might not be. um, They might be all right. But I, I just haven't seen anything that indicates to me that missouri is above average at any position except maybe wide receiver and wide receiver is so reliant on everything else to work that like i don't care who you are at wide receiver if the line's not good and the quarterback's not good it does it does not matter correct i think running
1: back that's still to be determined i think more so my thing on the running back is, uh, as far as who Drinkwitz wants to put out there, I like to see him just make this more about Nate Pete and and instead of like like last week, I think Schrader had six carries for 19 yards. I mean, they, they switched, you know, how many carries they got from game one to game two, but I would like Pete to have more of a load, see more consistency. But we're not gonna, like you said, we're not gonna see nothing until that offensive line shows that it can hold up.
0: Yeah, and well and, and running back and in and really all positions, because I've I've talked a lot about how like we're not seeing these young guys and, and these big recruits and all that on the field that much. I mean, Luther was the only freshman that played and all that. I think football coaches are risk averse, right? Um if they have a choice between a young guy that has a lot of potential but he hasn't been there, versus an older guy that the ceiling might be limited, but he's been out there before. They're going to usually go with the older guy. And I think there's a little bit of that going on with Drinkwitz. Like he's bringing in these transfers and he's playing some of these returning guys. And and I'm not saying the young guys are, are necessarily better, but when it's 40 to six, I don't think they can be worse. And I wouldn't mind finding out.
1: You're right about that. And And something I was thinking about is just, he was conservative a lot last year, and he mentioned – I forgot if it was after the game or if it was this yesterday. It may have been yesterday when he noted, like, I try to open up the playbook, turn the ball over too much. And so, yeah. they're, like, we're seeing more and more, like, he's – without saying it, he's kind of saying, in some spots, I don't know if I got the guys, so I'm trying to piece things together and stitch it up how I can to make it work. That's what it feels
0: like to me. But here's what because I think I think fans say open up the playbook and that automatically means 40 and 50 yard passes. No, no, no. That's that's not what it has to be. I mean you can't convince me they don't have the guys to consistently run crossing patterns in 6 yard outs. I mean just just do that. Get them something that that settles Cook in a little bit. That gets the ball in the hands of Lovett and Burden. And maybe they break a tackle. You know, I mean, just some short passes. It doesn't have to be, you know, throwing. I'm not looking for the St. Louis Rams' greatest show on turf. I'm just looking for complete some passes. Get the ball in the hands of the guys that can do something with it.
1: Yeah, and then to add to that, like, their short yardage situations, uh, it's horrible. It's so predictable. You know what's going to happen based on the formation. When they get into those single back pistol – you know, type of thing, you know, it's a running back, you know, run up the middle and it's so obvious. And with a line that can't get no push, I mean, it's not really going to work. So I just like maybe on the fourth and short or third and short plays that they start doing those passes. Like you said, those drag routes, things of that nature and get spark plays that way. Like you said, they could break a tackle or make a person miss. We seen Nate Pete do it in the first game. I mean, it was a lot Mm -hmm. of tech, but they can do that. So instead of trying to throw the ball, which hasn't been working, you know, Try things the other
0: way. Uh, Kyle says, Drink has shown in the first two games that he has no faith in Cook. If he doesn't have faith in him after three years in the system, when will he? And I got to say, man, like we've talked about that at both games. I kind of agree. He looks like he's calling plays for a quarterback that he doesn't really believe in. I I mean, that's that's just what it's looked like to me watching the game.
1: It looks like, in the first half, they were really conservative versus K State, and then after they gave up the, they did that that uh, third and thirteen QB draw. Mm-hmm. I was, it was no one did
0: this, but it felt like a that was a give up. That was it, a it give.
1: Felt up like one. that type of moment, and then they gave up the punt return, and then so you saying you saw at a halftime like that was the best drive of the game that first possession after mm-hmm. halftime, but it didn't feel like he was doing that because it's like here Brady do this. It was like we really don't have any other chance. So you have seen Brady airing the ball out, but it's not something he wants to do from the onset of the game.
0: And I mean, I think it's a fair question. If you don't trust the kid now, I mean, you, you, at some point you just have to, I mean, he's your starting quarterback and whether he's the best quarterback in the country or not, he's the guy you you've gotten. He's the guy you've picked and, and you got to put some faith in him. So this – we've got like three or four questions along these lines, and uh, and Colby wants to know, does Sam Horn get any time this week? He should. He should. If he doesn't play this week, I'm comfortable saying he just isn't going to play this year, right? I mean, anybody that doesn't play in this game is redshirting. There's There's zero question about that.
1: I mean, in my mind, I feel like it, that was already going to be, be the case. I mean, just because not only – We've got Cook, but just because um, he hasn't shown the the signs that he's ready to play. I mean, Jack Abraham, we don't – now, we don't know how after Jack Abraham playing. Maybe he can play his way up to second string now because right. after that performance, I don't know. Uh, but I, we've never thought that he was going to get significant stat snaps or be the second string anyway.
0: Yeah, and, and I will say I talked to a couple people this weekend who are – I'll just say closer or talk to people who are closer to the situation than I am. And the, what I've been told is, look, Sam's not ready. Um, and if that's the case, Hey, I get it. You're not going to play a kid that, that isn't ready. Um, I, I don't think this week is really the litmus test. I think the litmus test again is what happens if they come back from Florida and they're sitting two and four. Cause at that point, to me it's I don't care if he's ready or not like I got to do something to put butts in seats next year and that's all I can do because at two and four that I mean the people who aren't already checked out or are, are going to be checked out uh Javon says I think you really know what is going on with Elijah Young he is clearly the fastest back at worst he should be number two now I want to say my favorite questions always start out with what is really going on with like we, we don't really try to hide things from you guys. Like it's not good business to just say, I know stuff you guys don't know, you know, that I'm I'm trying to sell subscriptions here. I'm trying to put my kid through college. Uh, we, we like to, we like to share what we can share, but look, I, I agree. I, I mean, I've said since the middle of last year that I thought Elijah Young should get more carries than he does, but for the second straight game, he had what two or three carries in the first half. And I don't think ever saw the field in the second half?
1: Yeah, well, the running backs is whole it terrible. I think Pete <laughs> had 10, 10 carries for, or 13 carries for 10 yards. Schrader had six carries for 19 yards. And I
0: think... now, now you do have to throw Nate's negative 14-yard carry in there. you have a, a negative 15-yard
1: carry game. on there. But I think Elijah Young had two carries for three yards. I mean, again, this is part of the offensive line, but I don't, I don't know we couldn't tell you why he's not getting right. more snaps than Schrader, if not just getting more snaps in general, like two. And then what do had have uh, in week one, three,
0: maybe? I think he had three week. in the first week for, yeah. I can't remember how many, 35 yards or something. Like that. Which is solid, but
1: yeah. I, I, can I tell you? Can I tell you why?
0: Yeah, I, I agree. And look, at some point, you know if that continues it will be we will certainly ask about Elijah Young it didn't really seem appropriate after the last game because whatever there were much bigger fish to fry than than why Elijah Young only had two carries but uh, i mean i agree um you know i i feel like he should probably be getting more um cam says given what we've seen from cook and abraham how bad can a former elite 11 quarterback in make look in practice That we've already jumped to expecting Horn to get time on Saturday and not make it. And all I can say, guys, is Tyler's been here for a year and a half. And I don't really hear any indication that, hey, they they feel like he's ready to go out there and play. Um, I mean, he played at Georgia last year. He got the start, which was weird because if, if you're around this program, nobody leading up to that game thought Tyler Macon was, was going to get the start. And then all of a sudden he did. Uh, but there's, there's gotta be a reason. I mean, it's not, it, it's not Eli Drinkwitz wants to risk his $4 million a year job by keeping this guy. Who's really, really good on the sidelines, right? They there's obviously things that, and we don't get to see practice, but whatever they see from him in practice, obviously doesn't indicate to them. They should put him on the field. And I don't know what that is, but. I, I don't know how much simpler to put it. Yeah, you said it all. <laughs> yeah, funny. I mean he just I, I, I don't look, who knows? Maybe he starts on Saturday. I mean, I'd be surprised, but whatever. We'll, yeah, we'll see would, where no, it goes. It would but, that would not
1: be a no. good business That would not be a good no.
0: But I, I I mean my point is though, I, I can't remember another time where I've heard so many I've heard cries for the backup. But I've never really heard cries for the third, and maybe fourth string guy. I, I mean, Gerard, we, we haven't seen a lot of practice, but the, the stuff we've been able to see, it looks to me like Tyler Makin's running the scout team and Sam Horn would probably go in a game before he would. Maybe I'm wrong. That's just the way it's appeared by kind of looking to me.
1: Yeah, from the, the 20, 30 minutes we get to see a practice that every time we see him, he's not typically running with the first or second team or or even third team like that often so we couldn't really say what he's doing it it looks like he is running you know the practice squad
0: yeah yeah uh, Camp's, uh, uh camp camp clauser says it's one game out of 12 it was a game most realistic fans predicted a loss and it looked horrible uh it was the snowball effect getting out of control onto the next one and like, there's, there's room for both sides of this. Yes, it's one game. But, man, like, it was really bad. You know, it to me, it wasn't that they lost. It was that they looked like they didn't belong on the same field.
1: Yeah, I, I counted this as probably going to be a loss. But because of how, you know, like, they got beat in everything, coaching, offense defense team, like everything and even when they had the extra delay the timeouts at the end like they still didn't convert that fourth that last play of the game to burden right. until there was another penalty out there so I mean you can say that but I've never really felt before this weekend that like I know that was one loss but that sure felt like two
0: yeah and that's really the key is not to let it turn into two and not not this week I don't think it's it's a big word but like the rational side still has to say at the beginning of the year, we said they need to win K-State or Auburn, right? right. I mean, they can still win Auburn. So if they go win Auburn, okay, uh, we're good. We're, we're You're back on track. It just puts a whole lot of pressure on that Auburn
1: game. Yeah, this game was going to be an indicator of how that matchup would have went.
0: Yeah, and, and, and again, I, I mean, I think – the mistake we so often make is thinking, hey, the the way a team looks one week is how it'll look next week. I mean, App State just gave up 63 points to North Carolina and then went to College Station and gave up 14. So w- weird things happen in college football. Last week is only like this huge alarm bell if they do it again. Like if that's their worst performance of the season, they might be okay. But if we see anything approaching that again, they're probably not okay. Right. I, I think what it did is, is, is probably lower the floor for me. Uh, DK1979 says, do you think Mookie Cooper is non-existent for any particular reason? He definitely has the least touches and targets. I, I mean, this is Mookie's third year in college, and it needs to happen pretty soon if it's going to happen. Um, my impression of him is if you're his size, you have to have like elite speed. And I think maybe he has good speed, but not elite speed. Just that's 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 my judgment. That sounds about right. But I
1: just again, and I, I I hate to keep harping back on it, but for me, it's so hard to really judge too many players offensively. When the offensive line is the reason why things, not just in the pass game, but in the run game, no one can really show what they can do because no one's got time to throw the ball or, you know, get through the
0: holes. Well, like even that jet sweep they ran to Cooper, like, yeah, that, that, I, I don't know like that, that that's it. his fault. I don't know where he's supposed to go. Yeah. Um, let's see, keep rolling through here. Uh, okay. Josh says, what is more true? Eli Drinkwitz will get a pass because he doesn't have a capable QB or Eli Drinkwitz gets blamed because he failed to recruit a transfer. I mean, I don't see a lot of people giving him a pass this week. Does it have a capable QB?
1: Um, I don't know.
0: I, I think in year three, if you don't have a capable QB, that's 100% your fault. That is because. That,
1: but it, it's not like he didn't try, though. He tried and he it's tried. Not, he got beat out by bigger schools or, you know, whatever this favor, more favorable situations or whatever. So it's not that he only tried once or twice. He was looking out there and he just couldn't get it. And now it's kind of a reflection. We're seeing like, all right, he was trying to prevent some of the things that happened on Saturday.
0: It, well, and the, the one thing that – the one that d- still doesn't make sense to me is Gary Bohannon going to South Florida. I mean, look, I understand I, – I mean, from everything I've heard, they lost JT Daniels to West Virginia for, for NIL purposes. Jaden Daniels went to LSU. Look, it's LSU. That's understandable, right? Um, but Gary Bohannon to, to South Florida is the one that I don't really know what the reason is. But here's the other thing. This ties into – we were talking about Tyler Macon earlier. I mean, Tyler Macon was the guy he took in that recruiting class. That was his first choice of quarterbacks in the 2021 recruiting class. And he apparently can't see the field. So that's a like, why are they in this situation? Yeah, part of it's because Connor Bazelak left and whatever the reason was for that. But part of it's also because I don't know. I guess at this point you're pretty close to saying he missed on Tyler Bacon and that that's on him. That's not on Barry Odom. That's not on anybody else. That's on Drinkwitz. So um, let's see. Okay. Scott Jarrett says in the clip of drink saying teams come together. Did that remind you of Barry Odom in year two after the Purdue loss? So I'll give you in a Gerard, I'll give you the background here too. It was not after the Purdue loss. It was, Year three of Odom, um, I think it was year three, could have been year two, but it was year two because they lost five straight. And the fifth straight loss in that in that streak was to Auburn. And I mean they got blown off the field. And Barry Odom just like his press conference was just this like 15-minute rant, um, about like how you know it doesn't matter what anybody outside the building thinks and you know, I don't care what the third string left tackle from Rockbridge High School puts on Twitter. And then he burned the playbook later that week. And it it was craziness. And Eli was a little bit more controlled than that, certainly, yesterday. But I can see what, like, it's like we started off talking. Like, you're just never going to win. Making a comment that even can be construed as going at the fans right and i don't think eli was going at the fans but i think some people are taking it that way
1: but the people are taking it that way is that not who he's talking about
0: (laughs) fair fair (laughs) yeah like i don't think he's talking about the people that are buying tickets that went to manhattan and spent their whole day i mean i think he's telling his his kids don't get on twitter because you got some crazy dudes on twitter that are going to at you with some with some vile stuff and i've seen it like it's out there it happened and it's not just missouri it happens in every fan base not blaming any any missouri fans but um i i don't know i've heard from a lot of people that read that quote or saw that clip yesterday and said that's kind of the first sign of a coach that's starting to kind of tailspin a little bit and i don't know if that's true or not but a lot of people are taking it that way yeah
1: i i i get it i mean we we like we said we understand why he said it and who it really was directed towards but we're professionals (laughs) we can kind of (laughs) decipher these right right and not use emotion as much so
0: right when you take emotion out of it that that changes things a lot um you uh, show me Mo says out of all the coaches brought into the SEC drink is the lowest paid. That's not true. He's not the lowest paid, but I think he means at the, of the guys brought in the same year Eli was um, all the others already have extensions and paid more Mississippi state is better already. So I've had this talk with uh, this discussion with a few people and um, you know, everybody's talked about how Missouri schedule is really tough and this and that. Well, here's why I think Missouri's schedule is tough. Because if you go back to when Eli Drinkwitz was hired, which is 2019, uh, Missouri was better than Arkansas. It was probably better than Tennessee. It was closer to Florida and Kentucky than it is today. It was better by a larger gap than South Carolina. So I just named five teams that are on Missouri's schedule every year. In the last three years, all five of those teams have gotten better. And Missouri is, I think, at best stood still. Plateau. And there's your problem. Like it, it's it's not just you don't necessarily have to get worse for people to catch you. Because while other people are getting better, if you're not getting better, I think there's like some motivational posters, right? Like if you're standing still, somebody's gaining on you or something like that. Yeah. Um, and, and that's, that. like, Missouri's better years in this league were when Tennessee was struggling, Florida was a little bit down, Kentucky wasn't what they are today, Arkansas was awful. Well, none of those things are true anymore, and there's your problem, man. Uh, that doesn't sound
1: good when you say it because it sounds like they're they're only good when everybody else is floundering and obviously Missouri fans want them to be able to compete even when others are you know
0: competing. right, which which happens if you improve uh, I think just I, I just don't think Missouri's improved much in the last five years. Uh, you think we see any changes in the offensive line this week or in the future? I mean, I don't think I don't know. Maybe Luke Griffin plays instead of Xavier Delgado, but does that make a big difference? No, <laughs> putting band aids over bullet wounds. <laughs> right. Like yeah. I, I don't think the solutions are necessarily on the roster. I think they're playing who they think are their best guys. Yeah. So,
1: I mean, and with Delgado, I told you the other day, like
0: probably have to rank
1: them right now as far as best lineman to the one struggling, it'd probably be Foster, Delgado, Wood, maybe barely. Yeah, <laughs> Wood or Powell would be third. Uh, Tallison. Ooh, I don't know. I've got I, I mean got...
0: Connor Tollison is a center and had two false starts at Kansas State. He's
1: like definitely four for fifth, but I, Zeke Bow was struggling. I feel like he was struggling versus LaTeX a little bit. And now it's was just like, yeah. mm, I don't know. Either one of them are four for fifth, and Connor Wood gets third by default.
0: Yeah. Yeah. Um, so Todd Julian says, What if Kansas State is great? I mean, okay. But like, I don't know. Did you walk out of Manhattan thinking that's a college football playoff team or even a Big 12 champion?
1: I don't think that, but I do think they are much better. They may be much better than, no, not much better, but instead of going the 7-5, 8-4, a 9-3 and three wouldn't surprise me because right. they should have put 60 up.
0: Yes. I think they are better than Missouri fans gave them credit for being going in. I think they're probably better than I gave them credit for being in, going in. I do not think they should have beaten Missouri 40-6 to six still. You know, again, it's not that they lost; it's that they didn't look like they were on the same level.
1: Yeah, sometimes things like that is indicative of more so of what Missouri didn't do sometimes than you know what K
0: State did. Yeah. Um, all right, so I feel like I, we've been leading up to this. This is this is where we got to end. If if we finish with less wins this year, drink should be on the hot seat. Very hot seat. I mean. Yeah, I think if they go 5 and 7, I think he's going to be coaching for his job next year. I just don't think he's coaching for his job at any point this year.
1: So that's about right, but we said we were thinking 6 and 6 and it's crazy how the loss that we kind of expected them to have has has got us thinking 5 and 7. Like
0: Yeah. I mean, you- that's somebody asked me in the mailbag, what's your like updated record? I said 5 and 7 cuz I think they they win this weekend. They beat New Mexico state. I still think they beat Vandy. And I think they find one more, whether that's South Carolina or Auburn or whatever, or just who knows, maybe they play Tennessee and play really well and Tennessee plays poor. I think they'll find one more. I just don't trust them to find any more than one more. Yeah. Finding two. I mean, it's kind of hard to do this
1: because we said Kansas state or Auburn and that's two weeks, two weeks away. But I think, they lose Auburn, I think it's looking real four-ish.
0: You think four? All right. I'll, it, I'll still – I my five is kind of counting on a loss at Auburn. Like, I just think they find one uh, somewhere. But it's weird to say in week four that they might face a must win, but, like, I think they kind of face a must win in week four. So okay. – we will uh we'll gear up to that one. Um real quick, uh you know Gerard had a had a story on Logan Reichert this morning. We're gonna go over uh look, we gotta we gotta uh give Missouri some some flowers here. We have talked to Luther Burden and Brady Cook this afternoon in, in about two hours. We didn't really anticipate that happening, so good on them, man. Uh I'm I'm looking Wait. forward to seeing what those guys say. I'm gonna say
1: it's because I've been here the past month that they acted new. That's that's good. <laughs>
0: There you go, there you go. So Gerard Hamilton fixing all the problems for you guys. Uh, I don't know, man. Any any parting shots? Uh,
1: I will quickly let me briefly tell you about Abilene Christian real quick, uh, just so oh, yeah. you're not surprised. Um, typical spread offense, eleven personnel, twelve personnel, eleven personnel just means run a running back and a tight end. 12 is a running back and two tight ends. Um, Their quarterback is a gunslinger in in the Brett Favre way, though. He can throw it over the top, but he will also throw up some interceptions. He had three interceptions last week before he led a comeback victory in the second half versus Prairie View. Their defense is, you know, it's suspect. I mean, the whole team, Missouri should win by 50, but I'm just letting you guys know to give respect to Abilene Christian, you know, and anything can happen on Saturday type of eyes, but – uh, that's what you guys should expect from them, uh, offensively, defensively. Missouri better put up points. That's all I can say. Yeah.
0: Hey, that's the only place you're going to get an Abilene Christian scouting report. Also, hey, they beat Texas in the NCAA tournament one year, so anything's possible this Saturday, right? Uh, so uh, we will be there. 11 a.m. This is your one warning, guys. It's on SEC Plus. You've got to stream it through the ESPN app, or what? App, figure it out. It's Wednesday sometime by Saturday at 11 a.m. You figure out how to work your TV or your computer or wherever you need to watch it so you're not tweeting us at 11 o'clock going, oh my God, where's the game? I've got it on ESPN and it's not on. So figure it out. That's your warning. You got more than 72 hours uh, to, or uh, well, no, I lied. You got a little less than 72 hours, but I, I think you got time to figure it out. Um, sometime between now and then, also you should get in touch with our friend James Carlton at James Carlton State Farm in St. Louis, the web address there, carltoninsurance.net. Phone number is 314-961-4800. Homeowner's insurance, they do a lot of stuff with teen drivers. So if you've got a teenage driver, God knows that's stressful enough in your house. But James can take some of the stress off there. And look, he may or may not be able to save you money, but it's always worth taking a shot, right? Just uh, don't, don't trust that you're getting the best rate out there from your agent without checking around. And James is a Mizzou fan. He's a power Mizzou guy. So give him the first shot at your business. Carltoninsurance.net. 314-961-4800. If your insurance costs a leg in an arm, James Carlton State Farm is where you need to go. Um, hey, this has already been a longer show than anticipated. And we've got people to go talk to. So appreciate you guys joining us. Um, look, we're all losers this week, but... Tomorrow's a new day, man. Wake up winter on Thursday. Talk to you then. <laughs>